In the name of the creating, restoring, and transforming God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> it is really good to be here. Um, I can honestly say I've never preached in a space this big. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty amazing, and I'm realizing that my iPad is clanking against the pulpit here, but at any rate. Um, let me begin by telling you about um, a, a gentleman named Anders Lundy, who was known for his whirly gigs, those playful two-dimensional carvings that are animated by the turning of a wooden fan. The carved creatures, human or other animals, move back and forth or up and down depending on the wire that uh, connects them to the fan. Anders was, was really deft in creating three-dimensional small carvings as well. And he offered to teach me that craft, which began our weekly visits in his assisted living home. Wood shavings clinging to our sweaters as we carved. You start by drawing an outline of the image onto a block of wood, front, sides, and back, and then you whittle away, and the image emerges from the wood with greater and greater detail. It's really magical. One day he asked if he could meet me at church so I could vest and he could take photos of me standing as if I were distributing communion. He had in mind a carving of a priest giving communion to parishioners kneeling at the altar rail. I obliged. And I didn't see the result until after his death when his daughter gave me the carving, unfinished. The priest was fairly formed and the altar rail, and a man in a suit is kneeling, elbows resting on the railing, hands open, one over the other. A woman, her torso carved in a Sunday dress, she too is kneeling, but her head, hand, and feet, hands and feet are still blocked. No features, no details. The third figure is completely unformed. He, or could be she, fits on the kneeler and railing, but has not yet been carved at all. A block figure. The priest is holding a paten in one hand and holding out the other to the next person at the railing. On my bookcase, I have the priest standing in front of the half-carved figure of the woman who is kneeling between the man who's already received and is whole and the figure still waiting to emerge from the wood. In its unfinished state, this is a carving of the transformation that comes upon us when we participate in the Eucharistic liturgy, Sunday by Sunday. We arrive in our block-headed state. No offense. We are unformed, not complete. And in the sacrament, Christ comes to us, offers himself to us. His body and blood commingles with our own, and we are transformed. We become more fully the creatures that God has created us to be, and we become collectively the body of Christ, given for the world in which we live. Today is the second Sunday of Advent, a season in which we anticipate Christ coming among us as a baby born in a smelly animal barn in an occupied territory in the Middle East. 
and we anticipate Christ coming among us again somehow, sometime at the end of days. Two advents. Reformation Lutherans identified a third advent, one we live into every time we step through the doors to this place, Christ coming to us in word and sacrament. One could call it Christ coming to us at his birth in history, Christ coming to us in word and sacrament in mystery, Christ coming to us at the end of time in majesty. I'll leave it to BJ and Adrian and the other good teachers of the cathedral to guide your preparation and anticipation of Christ in history and in majesty. But for this time, this day, I want us to focus on Christ coming to us in the mystery of the sacrament of the Eucharist and in the liturgy that surrounds it. Christ transforming us into his body given for the world. It is a mystery, of course, but and we cannot claim to know exactly when and how it happens. But we can be alert to the signs so we can be more aware of the gift that is being given to us. It's like when someone slips a $20 bill in your pocket. The gift is there whether you know it or not. But if you see the gift being given, you can appreciate the giver more fully. And if you know that the gift is there, you can use it and use it more effectively, broadly, and boldly. In the Eucharist, we are given the gift of Christ coming among us and more. We are given the gift of Christ coming among us and also transforming us into his body. Like that $20 bill in our pocket, only better, the more we can be aware of that transformation, the more effectively and broadly and boldly we can use it as it is intended to be used. When we arrive at church, each of us brings a unique experience of the world and a unique expression of the holy into our midst. We bring our concerns, our needs, our gifts, our blessings. We meet each other. We speak and we listen. We take things in. We are reminded that God is in this place among us and we are here to be and to become both individuals and a body together. The transformation into that body together continues as we greet one another and find our seats. We become aware of the people sitting around us. We feel enclosed in this space and place together. The procession begins. Did you notice the procession? <laughs> the procession begins and the intention is to draw our attention to the collective experience. The procession is led by the cross, Christ coming among us, gathering us together. And that is made more known when we have the procession moving around us, encircling us, and gathering us together like a hen and chicks, perhaps. We, we, we hear the word of God together. We confess our sins and receive our forgiveness together. We exchange the peace of Christ together and together we see the bread and the wine set upon the altar. Then comes the Eucharistic prayer and the transformation quickens. Yes, we hear the familiar words of God's creation and God's love, 
of our human straying, we are reminded once again that here in this place, in this moment, we ascend and we join together with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, with Christians throughout century, throughout history and throughout the world today. We join with them all together and we sing or we shout or we say, holy, 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 Lord God of power and might. It is downright cosmic that moment, truly. Then comes the prayer of consecration. Somehow, we don't know how exactly, the bread and the wine become for us the body and the blood of Jesus. And we become that body. It's a mystery for sure. But he told us that as often as we take and eat those elements, we do it in remembrance of him. And here's where I let you in on a little liturgical nuance. That word that we say is remembrance. It's a translation from the Greek word anamnesis, which actually means bringing from the past into the present. In the Eucharistic prayer, the body of Christ is remembered. It is brought from the past into the present and we partake of it. We literally take it into ourselves don't get distracted by the biology and the chemistry that the word suggests. Stay with the spirit and the teaching about God in Christ, God with us and in us. We, though many, are one body. And that body is none other than the body of Christ. Stay with that for a moment. We, though many, are one body. And that body is none other than the body of Christ. What happens next is the stuff of life. We are blessed and we go forth. Again, I'll leave that to BJ and Adrian and the other good teachers of the cathedral to guide your understanding of what that looks like, what that means. But for now, this second Sunday of Advent, let's focus on the gift that we have been given, the gift we are given, the gift we can anticipate. Christ comes to us in Bethlehem, God incarnate in human form. Christ will come to us again at the end of time. We know not the day nor the hour. And Christ comes to us in word and in sacrament, year after year, season by season, Sunday by Sunday, today. Let all God's people say, Amen.